Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I am your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you live on October 26th, Thursday night here from Corner of the Galaxy Studios. We have a great show planned for you after a little bit of a situation with our normal early week podcast, so we're glad that we get to talk to you tonight and get you caught up on all your LA Galaxy talk. I'm glad that you could join us as well. And uh, helping me out on this wonderful podcast, a man who needs no introduction except that I'm going to introduce him anyway. Uh, welcome back to the show, uh, a good friend of the show and uh, and somebody who's going to have a little bit more to do with Corner of the Galaxy coming here forward, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but welcome, Mr. Larry Morgan. Larry, how's it going, buddy? Good, Josh. Thank you. It's always a pleasure being here in the corner, even though I'm not paid to do it. Even though you're not paid, that's right. Completely volunteer army. That's what we do that's here. That's right. Uh, we trick you into thinking perhaps there might be pay someday. Although I did get some pretzels before the broadcast. So, I mean, really, and I let you eat at five guys beforehand. That's right. That's right. So th- we've, we've, we've covered a lot of ground already uh, early in this uh, in this day, but the LA Galaxy obviously had a bunch of uh, a news, a bunch of interesting news that sort of, uh, I don't know. Is it, there ever not any interesting news in this team, the way it's gone? It seems that this particular year has been more than a little bit interesting. I would All call right? it morbid instead of interesting. <laughs> I would call it morbid depressing. It, it is interesting that whenever you think about it, it's kind of like seeing a crash on the freeway. You, you don't want to look. You shouldn't look. You shouldn't slow down. You shouldn't do any of that. But you do, and you're, then you're a little sorry that you did, probably. And you crash yourself. And you crash yourself. <laughs> Hopefully we won't crash tonight. But yeah, the LA Galaxy, a lot of changes, front office changes. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We have uh, LA Galaxy Player Awards we're going to get to talk to as well. Larry and I just finished watching the uh, one of the most exciting games, I think, of the MLS playoffs so far. There's been some blowouts, uh, but Atlanta and Columbus went to penalty kicks. Uh, Columbus silencing the large crowd in Atlanta, which was uh, pretty interesting, kind of fun to watch. What an accomplishment for the crew. Huge. What an accomplishment on the road. Oh, Huge. And especially fantastic. whenever, again, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, their situation. And we, I think we discussed it on the podcast at some time or other. Um, you know, the situation they're going through right now is, is pretty interesting. And that, to see them be able to sort of stay in the playoffs and, and stay, yeah. Wouldn't that be something? With the rumored move of the crew to Austin, Texas, well, wouldn't that be something if the crew go on to win MLS Cup? I, it's wouldn't cra- that be something? It's pretty crazy, right? I mean, that is uh, that that would be that would be a little bit of justice, maybe a yes, little social yes, justice in, in in a lot of ways. So anyway, that was an int- interesting game. The LA Galaxy, obviously, not in the playoffs. I don't mean to do that to remind you, but actually, no, I do. I mean to remind you, the LA Galaxy not in the playoffs didn't sniff the playoffs. Um, we're closer to the playoffs at one point. Might have had a chance, but uh, didn't make it. So that's how it is. Uh, the big news, of course, that we have to start with, that we have to talk about, Larry, is that the LA Galaxy uh, did make some front office, I would say moves, but I'm going to say... Yeah, re- not changes, moves, Yeah, yes. yeah rearrangements, perhaps? Yes, rearrange is a good word. It was like musical chairs, and instead of yes. pulling a chair out, they just sort of stuck the chairs in different corners, and everybody yes. still had a chair. And hopefully the chair can still support Siggy. <laughs> you, again, again with sorry, you and Siggy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's going to hear about it eventually. But he's... Big. I mean, he, come on, he's big. He, he can't even tuck his shirt in anymore. He he is, and uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see him as a coach, and you have all these super toned athletes, and then you have Siggy on the sideline. I mean, I don't I don't mm. know. It's just interesting. Dominic Kinnear, you know, obviously skinny Dom there yes. is is fine, and then you have Siggy standing out on the sidelines. 
Uh, so uh, anyway, we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll touch on that again before this is over. But the LA Galaxy do make some news. Uh, they reassign uh, LA Galaxy general manager Pete Vianis. We're going to get into that. Uh, but then the, the sort of, I guess, if you're looking for the positive take on any of this, is that Siggy Schmidt has been given the role of being in charge of player personnel. So he is that guy now. Uh, it is something that Kevin and I had talked about because Siggy had mentioned that he was... He wouldn't be waiting for Chris Klein or Pete Vianis to tell him that Ashley Cole was coming back. He would already know that Ashley Cole is coming back just on his own. So it was something that, that sort of came, and, I'm, and I have to put in this right away, is that it's also one of these things that um, everybody sort of knew about whenever he came on. Uh, it was something that was expected, and that's, it's, not, it's not a surprise by anybody. I just, I just found the news of this rearrangement, the musical chairs just interesting to say the least uh, i very rarely heard of a of someone who is relieved of his duties and they still keep him on the payroll and with a parking spot at StubHub and like i said a desk i just you don't like to have angry employees working for you you really don't you know maybe, maybe he's not angry but i would be angry yeah if i got relieved of my duties without being fired per se reassigned is the word just but you don't want somebody angry working for you i mean it's 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 logical right yeah yeah it is and it, i don't know that's a whole interesting thing let's stick with siggy for a second okay and then we can talk about this because it it, it baffles my mind i mean i've been close enough to this that i could i thought i saw the writing on the wall clearly and i think i have some stories i can tell as well that will sort of again frame exactly who the la galaxy are are betting the future on are the so, stories are they can you say them on the air of the story? Yes, yes, okay, yes, they okay, are. They're, okay. they're soccer related. I okay, think, soccer I think we, related. Can, we, okay. Can, we can do some of that. Okay. So anyway, but no, um, Siggy Schmidt takes over the player personnel. Again, something that was sort of hinted at, uh, at for a while. It was something that we had heard rumors about that he was going to take over this role. And clearly, when you have somebody with the experience of Siggy Schmidt, when you have somebody with the experience of Dominic Kinnear, you're not going to let somebody like Pete Vianis and somebody like Jovan Karofsky outvote those two guys. That was never going to happen. And unfortunately... For Kurt, that was the reality that he lived in. So Kurt Anolfo had to deal with Pete Vianis and Jovan Karofsky outvoting him on player decisions. So you get Siggy. You know, I, again, I think this is a positive. This is a positive because of how negative the other situation was. This is an automatic positive. Well, and plus, when you talk about Schmidt and his personnel uh, responsibilities and what he's capable of, you don't have to look any farther than 2002. We talked about this uh, before the podcast when he found at a small team in Guatemala, CSD Municipal, he found Carlos Ruiz, who turned into one of the deadliest scorers in MLS history. His first season in 2002, he had 24 goals. He was the league's most valuable player. Right. And he scored what still is the only golden goal in the MLS Cup final. In three years with the Galaxy, his first stint with the Galaxy, 2002 to 2004, he scored 50 goals. And... The reason I know all this is I looked it up. I would not have recalled that on my own. I looked it up. It's, it's, it's but a, you got to be impressed, right? No, no. I mean, it is. And again, I mean, I think the times have changed a little bit. But again, that's somebody going out and finding some things here, right? I mean, that's certainly... And he's going to have to do it again. He's going to have to do it yes. again. I, listen, there's there's some people who I, who have told me that Siggy may bring in as many as 15 new players. If you figure that this roster is 30 people, he's bringing in half of a new team, which wow. doesn't mean that 15 players from this LA Galaxy team will stay. All right, it could be a crowded training camp roster. I, I and mean, I think it's going to be. I yes. mean, we it already, should be. It should be. We already know Siggy is out there on his first scouting trip right now. 
So he went. The, the season ended. Siggy was gone, all right? The guys have a week off. Uh, so all the players have a week off and then they come back for two to three weeks after this. So they'll go ahead and report here sort of at the, at the end of October, beginning of November, and they'll go for two or three weeks of training and then they will be off for the season and that will be it. So they do have some training and some different things. So Siggy's off. He's looking for people. Um, I don't know. It's interesting to me. Let me get you some quotes from some people and then we'll, we'll continue this discussion about Siggy. Uh, here's Chris Klein talking about uh, the two moves, the quote-unquote moves that they made. Uh, and here's his quote. He says, The results this season did not meet the standard and expectation of this club, our fans, and this city. Siggy has a proven track record building championship-caliber teams in Major League Soccer. He understands this league, its players, and its structure, as well as anyone in soccer, and we have full confidence in him as we enter the offseason to strengthen our roster ahead of 2018. Pete has been an important member of this club on and off the field and will continue to play a part in our club as the vice president of soccer operations. Uh, Siggy Schmidt said, uh, I am excited for the opportunity to build the LA Galaxy roster into one that is capable of competing for championships. The Galaxy continue to have tremendous support from Dan Beckerman, Mr. Anschutz, and AEG in every aspect of operations, and I look forward to further aligning and improving the LA Galaxy. Galaxy 2, and our academy. This offseason is vital as we look ahead to the coming season and we will begin the efforts necessary to strengthen our roster immediately. All right, that's from the press release that the LA Galaxy sent out. If you read between the lines, Siggy is saying, okay, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. yeah, It it really is. It is. It really is. Listen, there is a shift. I don't know how much of a shot, an actual shift this is, Larry, but I certainly think that there are a lot of people who will see this as a shift because they paid attention to it. The LA Galaxy said at the beginning of this year that they were looking to go younger, that they wanted to include their academy in these types of things, and that that basically showed that there were a lot of academy players, all right? And that's where you got all the USL players that came up and all those other things. Now, granted, I don't think it was ever their plan to play them as many minutes as they wanted. I'm going to give them that pass. As early as they wanted as, to. As early as they wanted. And right. I certainly think that there were players who played this year who had no business playing on a Major League Soccer field. No. Uh, whether they develop into something more, we'll see. But that's the reality. And they will begin, or they will remain nameless. Although I think we know who some of them are, who many of them are, like Nathan Smith. Oh wait, <laughs> oh we weren't supposed. I to. thought we were not supposed to name names. Maybe Hugo. But you got you. That is dead on. <laughs> maybe, maybe Hugo Ariano as well. I mean, he seemed a little overwhelmed. Again, some mm. of these kids are young enough that they can come back and, and do this. But uh, let's let's be realistic about what we saw. Um, so yeah, there was, there were some players that that clearly didn't cut it. And again, I don't think the galaxy wanted to, I don't think they wanted to play those guys. They were forced to play them because they put the team together poorly. So, I mean, you can blame them for having to play them. And I'll I'll never forget after one game, it might've been early in the season when Kurt was coach or midway in the season when Ashley Cole called out some of these young guys. Right. I mean, he really ripped them. He, he really did. As he should. I think, again, Ashley Cole does it, though, in a manner that he's professional about it. Yes, he was. You feel good about it. I mean, I never felt like Ashley Cole was ungratefully taking stabs at people. No. Um, You know, so it's just, again, it's interesting, and so so that's, so. but there's a shift going on, right? Because Siggy Schmidt isn't going to go back with that. He's not, if he's bringing 15 players into the squad... You can bet there's going to be a fair amount of veterans in that squad. I was just going to say, a lot of them better be veterans. Which is what they need. Uh, there yes. is Leaders. They need leaders. Well, and, and no matter whether you think that Siggy is liked or disliked in the particular locker room, um, that is something for, for other people to, uh, to sort of say, but I, I'll say maybe he's not particularly liked right now. <laughs> uh, whether or not he's liked or disliked, he is going to go in and bring in guys that he knows – 
that know him that are going to be his guys. And that's that's the same with any organization, right? And we've heard this many times. If you go in and you take over an organization, a lot of times you fire people that you didn't have uh, in, in that particular organization at the time because they were somebody else's guys. You didn't believe in them. You know, they're not yours. So I think that you're going to see some of that. So with a lot of turnover, you know, 15, if it's 15 players, it's a lot of turnover uh, in, in terms of what he's doing. But it's going to be a shift. There's not going to be this complete and total emphasis on using the LA Galaxy Academy and the and LA Galaxy. And team. there shouldn't be. I mean, they paid the price for having to do it this year. They paid the price. Yeah, well, too big a price, and and it was something, and it was a very important year, and they fell absolutely flat on it. So, um, it's just eight, eighteen, and eight. Eight, yeah, it's it's rather uh, symmetrical yeah. if you think about it. I mean, that's about that. Maybe that's, that's the mo- not the word I would use. I would just use flat out depressing. <laughs> I was going to say the most positive spin I can put on it is that it's symmetrical. Uh, they've been symmetrical a lot this year. It was like seven, seventeen, and seven at one point. I don't know. It was. Uh, I again, I track way too many things whenever it comes to the Yellow Galaxy. Um, so yeah, so I mean, that's what you're seeing. So you're going to see Siggy Schmidt go out there. He's going to go find his own guys. He's going to find veterans. And the LA Galaxy are going to quietly shift away from this, hey, we needed to really focus in on our academy and LA Galaxy too. And I'll say this before before you go. I'll say that you can't give up on the Galaxy Academy. It's too soon. All right? USL is only since you know 2014 have the Galaxy had a team. So you're talking about academy kids getting a chance to play professional games for the first time really in these last three years. That's nowhere near long enough to develop some of these things that you're eventually going to develop. And as I've said about a million times, it's a numbers game. You're going to have to go through 99, 100, 200 kids before you get that one guy who helps out your team. And then you're going to have to go through double that to find the one guy who's a star. So, you know, but that's a positive. If you can get those guys and then eventually sell them, which is what Major League Soccer needs to do, and I've always said this, they need to sell more players. If you look at Atlanta right now, who's now out of the playoffs, uh, if you look at Atlanta right now, Look at all the young talent they have. Everybody gives them credit for going out and getting those guys like, you know, Joseph Martinez and Almiron and, and you know, all these guys. And, yes, they have it. How, are they going to be able to keep it? One, they shouldn't. They shouldn't be able to keep it. Mm-hmm. Those guys look like they have some serious interest from other places. You need to sell. You get your money back, and you go find the next person that you're going to bring up and, and start moving that direction. That's that's sort of what I see the Galaxy needing to do. You know, you were talking about the Galaxy's shift, and I agree with you 100% on that. And if you really look at it closely, if you really study it, it sounds like the same strategy Bruce Arena used when he was with the Galaxy, where he really had an emphasis on veterans in key positions. And yes, some of these players were old, but he could rely on them. He could count on them. These guys were leaders. So it sounds like maybe they learned a thing or two from Bruce Arena as well. Who knows? I mean, it's it just... I don't know. Maybe it's more common sense. Maybe, maybe yeah. you don't need to learn. Maybe you know that you need a good mix of veterans and younger players. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the, or players familiar with MLS, with MLS, with being on a team, with being on a winning team. I mean, you're going to have to, which is crazy to say, Larry, the galaxy have to change a culture right now because their culture that they had this last year is a losing culture. It really knocked them for a loop. There's no doubt about that. It really, it really knocked them flat. Losing absolutely opens up every wound that you could possibly have. So whenever you're bad, uh, everybody doesn't like each other. Nobody gets along, right? And lots of people talk. So, you know, it's funny. The last home game of the year, they played uh, uh, Minnesota. Right. Three nothing win. Mm-hmm. And I heard something in the latter stages of that game that I hadn't heard at StubHub Center in, in a long time. I heard the fans actually chanting, "Hail the Galaxy!" Uh huh. And I couldn't remember the last time I had heard that chant at StubHub. Hail the Galaxy! It's uh. 
It was a long. T- I can't remember the last time I heard it down there. It's a. It's a. Well, one, your hearing's and not that good. And it wasn't fail the galaxy. It was hail the galaxy. No, no. Well, your hearing's not that good. So who knows? If, I know. whether or not I can hear a few good. things though. Every once in a while. That's we we. Everybody behind the scenes, we have to turn Larry's volume way up. If you listen to it, it probably blow your eardrums probably. out. Probably, but it's comfortable to me. That's right. You're you're in a happy place right now. If he takes off the headphones, though, he can't hear it all. He Although be- I do, well, I do have my 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 uh, my right one. In, okay. So, yeah. All right. So you yeah. could hear out of one ear. But hail the galaxy. I hadn't heard that in a long time. I mean, there was some positivity after the Minnesota game, but I'll tell you right now, Minnesota is worse than the LA Galaxy. Yeah. I mean, DC United was worse than the LA Galaxy. Colorado Rapids were worse than the LA... Yeah, I know the LA Galaxy finished last in Major League Soccer. Last, they won the wooden spoon. By the way, I have, I, I've heard that the uh, Angel City Brigade is going to actually get the official wooden spoon <laughs> trophy from, I think, Chicago. Um, wow. At one point, and it's going to go to them, and I've already offered to host it here in the studio. What an honor. I will I will put up a, pe- a pedestal for it, and we'll make sure that every podcast we do, it's in that shot. Love it. All right, so I'll again, I'll <laughs> the stick. The wooden spoon. I offer up my services, and we can, uh, I don't know, I was thinking about putting a 24-hour-7 webcam on it, so way people could always check out the wooden spoon, or a little reminder. Or have some players sign it. <laughs> Oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't think they uh, would. I don't think the players want no, to touch anything. No, all right. No. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, they finished last in the league. But having said that, there are teams in this league that were worse than them. The results just didn't show it. And I'm also of, not of the opinion that they deserve to be any higher than they were. This is just no. this is who they were this year. Uh, yes, um, they were. So anyway, so I mean, this is this is sort of that thing. And I'm list, I'm reading some of the chat room, and and there's some some good points, and and some of it is you know Bruce Arena had an emphasis on winning. He didn't care who the players were. He just wanted to win, which is the the attitude that Siggy Schmidt needs to come in and have. It doesn't matter who it is, what it is. Bruce Arena won with older players. That's great. If you can do it with younger players, that's great. Do it, do whatever, but have a plan. Because I'll tell you right now, there is no way on God's green earth that Pete Vianis, Chris Klein. You know, and and Jovan Karofsky, the guys in charge of putting players on the field for the LA Galaxy in this offseason, had a workable plan because it fell apart from the very sure did. very beginning. Sure did, and I think it started it started early on, one with the injury to Robbie Rogers, yes, and Lejet at midfield. Those those two guys losing those two guys early on really really started the dominoes falling. So, so a bit, and here's another thing that I'm constantly fighting. Bruce Arena ruined this team, all right? Bruce Arena, in 2015 and 2016, Bruce didn't have good years, right? And, no. and okay, it's story time. I'm just, I can't, I can't handle it anymore. It's story time. Pete Vianis remaining in this vice president, vice president of soccer operations role is crazy. There is no general manager for the LA Galaxy right now. Let's just go to that right now. There is no general manager. Right, Siggy Schmidt took over the player personnel roles, and Pete Vianis will pick up all of the other general manager duties. So if you're talking about who the GM is right now, it's split between Siggy and Pete Vianis. So if you want to say That's an unhealthy mix. If you want to say that they, he got demoted, you can, except that he still has a VP in front of his name. Um, there there were some people, I think, within the organization who were trying to say that he got fired. Uh, because he was removed from the GM, uh, one of my good buddies, Chris Tucker, said, whenever I got fired, I still didn't have a parking space. Does Pete Vianis have a parking space? Um, and so That's something I can't understand. I, I really can't. It just makes no sense. Here is the thing, and I've said it a lot, and it's maybe it goes again, that if you're looking for the architect of this team, you point to one person, and it's Pete Vianis. All right? Now, you can point to Chris Klein because Chris Klein appointed Pete Vianis in that role. That's fine. You can do that. And he approves all the transactions, and, ultimately and, and approves ultimately them. approves. Although, you know, it certainly seems like Pete has 
basically whatever he could do. Pete and and Jovan Karofsky could outvote Kurt Adolfo. So you have guy you have a guy who was the 2015 Academy director Pete Vianis. He becomes in 2016 he come, becomes the VP of soccer operations. All right, then he becomes the general manager less than a year later. So how many exper- how many years of experience uh, at being a GM and doing not all this? Many. Not many for for <laughs> for Pete Vianis, right? And you're going up against a guy, whether you love him or not, and whether you can even tolerate him. But Kurt Anolfo has 17 years of coaching experience, right? So you're going to tell me that those guys get to outvote the coach? And I've already told people a bunch of times that the Galaxy needed a striker and they didn't go out and get a striker. Let's just say a former coach probably asked for a striker, all right? And the LA Galaxy couldn't provide, and instead they had another midfielder. It's, it's these types of things. Whenever you go back and look, you could even go back into, you know, maybe even a a move in LA Galaxy 2 whenever Jack McBean was on a tear, scoring goals left and right, would have probably broke the, uh, the USL scoring record. He was scoring goals just crazy. Almost won the golden boot in USL, and he didn't play the last three months of the season. He missed it by like two or three goals. All right, all this stuff. And they moved him to Coventry City. At the time, it looked like it maybe it was a smart move. Coventry City went through three coaches in six months. All right, so he didn't get any playing time. Really, you can see the reg- regression in his career already. Um, but he had his, his share of fish and chips. He, he, I'm sure. I'm sure he did. Um, so all those things. You know, you had a guy who was in charge of academy and in charge of the VP of soccer operations who could make these moves and did make these moves, and they don't pan out. And you can go back and look at move after move after move that didn't pan out, but yet this man is still employed by the LA Galaxy. You can say Roman Alessandrini would have been a great sign. It's a great sign. Let's give him a positive on Roman Alessandrini. He was a good signing. He was. Maybe, perhaps, if you want to read between the lines, maybe some people in the Galaxy's front office weren't sold on Roman Alessandrini. All right? And if that's the case, somebody else had to convince them in order to get Roman Alessandrini, okay? Again, you look at the moves that were made, and things are falling apart for the Galaxy this entire year. They did not make smart moves. Well, they kept bringing in midfielders. Every, I, one there's like 30 midfielders. If yeah. you wanted to get rid of 15 players, 15 of them would be midfielders. All right? And I don't think you'd know the difference. You, you might not. So, I mean, you go back and you can look at this. Nigel de Jong deal. Nigel de Jong. We've, now, we've theoried about this, and you know, I think Kevin on the show has really sort of opened up our eyes and was able to get some concrete information as far as the Galaxy didn't want to offer the Nigel de Jong, the designated player contract, and that's why he ended up going to Galatasaray. All right? That's it. That's a simple answer. Who was in charge of making that decision? Think about it, because I'm pretty sure that we've heard that members of the former coaching staff of the LA Galaxy said that with Nigel de Jong, they had a good chance at winning MLS Cup. And if Nigel de Jong would have stayed on that team, he would have been voted player of the year by the media. And being he wasn't, people were definitely going to go and try and give it to Yella Van Dam. But again, that got stolen from him whenever everybody voted in Giovanni Del Santos. And we're going to talk about that in, in, you know, in, in the team awards section too. But okay, so now you've looked at, you, you, again, you look at the people making the decisions. And those people are still in charge against the coach's wishes. We always thought Bruce was infallible, right? Nobody could tell Bruce what to do, Larry. That was sort of... And, and if you talk to Bruce, he would tell you that nobody could tell Bruce what to do, right? True. So, so you look at that, and you can see that Bruce got told what to do. There were multiple occasions. I think we talked about Giovanni Dos Santos. Seems like Bruce got told what to do with that. He was going to play Giovanni Dos Santos. Steven Gerrard. Seems like Bruce got told what to do on that. The people who made these decisions are still in charge. Yeah, I just can't understand how you can hope to rebuild, and as you just pointed out, with the same people in their positions. I just, 
It makes no sense, Josh. I mean, come on. It's common sense. How can you expect things to change when there's no change? There is, there is no change. Hey, Kevin, Kevin, in his article, by the way, uh, being Kevin, we were trying to have Kevin on Thursday night. Kevin's covering the World Series. He's in Houston, and he asked me if, if, we could, if he could pass. That way he could cover the World Series. So I said, hey, being I don't pay you anything, I'm not going to make you uh, do that. But Kevin, his, uh, his article, if you go to the LA Times, after disastrous season, Galaxy start rearranging the deck chairs. Kevin was convinced that nobody would get that reference. All right, so I'm here to tell you that's a Titanic reference about them rearranging the deck, ter- deck chairs on the Titanic while it was sinking. All right, so Kevin just compared the LA Galaxy to the Titanic sinking and them rearranging the deck chairs. But who's in the orchestra? <laughs> that's right. Who's playing? Right, they played music. Playing the music to, right. to, to drown by. All right, that's right. Uh, that's how it worked in, in there. So Kevin went and, and wrote some good articles. Let's let's go ahead and hear some quotes from Chris Klein. He says, uh, Klein says we're holding ourselves accountable and looking at this and trying to figure out what is the best way forward. There is accountability certainly from top to bottom. We take responsibility for that, understanding that there are times you go through this. Uh, we made a big change in the last offseason, and we need to continue to build and add to that, and we're confident that we can take steps forward. And then Chris goes on to say, he says, uh, trying to make all these changes in a short amount of time, I think we underestimated a little bit the impact that would have. We all have learned through this season, and so we're looking at it and saying, okay, how can we be better into 2018? Uh, finally, he says, we know that we have to have an increase in scouting. This is going to be important. Pay attention to this. Um, we know that we have to have an increase in scouting because our league continues to change, and that continues to be a bigger part of what we need going forward. So we will add to the, what we're doing there and continue to sophisticate our scouting operations. It's coaching, it is our medical staff, and getting all of that team in place to a significant degree is our focus right now. That's Chris Klein, yes. I just found that strange when, when you quoted Chris was saying, we will continue to build, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, what, what, did, they, what did they build this season? They built the worst team in Major League Soccer. I mean, you look at the. P- I'm not proud of that. Find, find, find a piece. There's our pieces. Roman Allison Jr. There are that's a, a piece. few pieces. Yes, there are. That's a piece. Okay, good. To give me another piece, you can build. Jonathan off of. Dos Santos. Okay, Jonathan Dos Santos. I agree. You can build around Jonathan Dos Santos. Ashley Cole, if he comes back. I think, and you know what? Let me read this okay. part of. Sorry uh, to interrupt. No, 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 no. This is good. Um, let's see if I can find it. I highlighted it so I can uh, do it. All right, here's Kevin's article. I want you to play particular. To- attention to this, all right? This is, people are used to, to the show here, Larry, whenever I say pay attention to things, they understand what I'm saying. Or they so, put it on pause and go get a drink and then come back. Then they come back and they get their pencil ready to write it all down. Yeah. Um, Kevin's article says, designated players Roman Alessandrini, Giovanni Dos Santos, and Jonathan Dos Santos are signed for next season, as are defenders Michael Ciani and Hugo Ariano, midfielders Joao Pedro and Sebastian Legette, and forward Giassi Zardis. The Galaxy are also likely to pick up contract extensions on defenders Daniel Stares and Dave Romney, midfielder Emmanuel Boateng, and Baggio Hasidic, and perhaps defender Ashley Cole. If you're going to place... Ashley Cole is a no-brainer to me. If you're going to put a bet... Well, it's not a no-brainer. I will at least say that it's not a no-brainer, and here's why. He's going to be 37. That's it. He's 37. You better have a good backup, because you don't know if he's... he, He was great this year. I think he only missed like three or four games. I mean, really, just a guy who went out there and gave it his absolute all. And he played well as the season went on. Yeah, too. he may have missed six games total, but yeah, played played really well and had to put up with all the crap that he's never had to put up with at any place mm-hmm. he's ever played before. Um, Ashley Cole's still gamble because he's going to be thirty seven years old. He says he wants to play until his legs give give out, and he said, thankfully, that hasn't happened yet. And so it's always the yet because it could be next year. If you're really playing the smart, Larry, and you know you have a really good option there that's one probably cheaper because Ashley Cole's not going to come cheap his last year. 
the LA Galaxy probably owed him money after Bruce Arena left, and that didn't come through. All right, so now they're going to have to probably pay up if they want Ashley Cole. And is he worth it in Major League Soccer for a defender? You can get defenders for cheaper, Larry. If they have a viable option behind him. But still, if it was up to me and seeing the quality of play he turned in this season, I would bring him back. I think he has one good year left. Even yeah. though he's going to be, th- even though he's 37, I think he has one good year left. And let's face it, besides him, they don't have a left back. They don't. No. Although Dave Romney can play there. But, but he says he's not, that's not his position. Right. And it's right. not. Um, Although he played there in college, but, but you're right, he's better in the middle. Somebody who, who uh, would know way better than me said the one criticism of Ashley Cole is that, um, is that he, is, uh, he can get beat by faster players, that's for sure. And, and you can certainly see that. All right, we have a call. Uh, 818, who's this? Uh, hi, this is Ronald. Hey, Ronald. Hey, thanks Ronald. for calling in. What do you got? I just wanted to add, I know you guys are talking about the changes in the front office that aren't happening and all that, but, I mean, what opportunities did they also mess up with LAFC coming in? And not only that, but, I mean, they already have a Galaxy uh, fan base that's really upset, and then we have another team coming in, and they're not showing anything that is changing. So, I don't know. I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that, a real I, good question. I think that's a great question, uh, Ronald. I will say this: I, I we're gonna we're gonna discuss it here. LFC is they're just they're just loving it. They're, they're, they're loving it. Of course they are. Um, they have to feel real confident right now, Ronald. At least in my opinion, they have to feel great. They made themselves without playing a single game the number one option in Los Angeles, which is scary. The Galaxy had a chance to go ahead and put distance between them and to transition away from Bruce Arena and make that a successful transition and basically show LAFC that it's going to be very difficult to come in and take their fans and do all this other stuff. But I don't feel that way anymore. I think LAFC is in the driver's seat right now, which is a total and utter failure by the LA Galaxy front office, even to the fact where, you know, they've never once mentioned the LAFC. They don't mention LAFC. They'd say the other team. Uh, and LAFC kind of plays that game too. It's just, it's childish. And in my opinion, it lacks an understanding of the market that they're in. They're going to have to coexist. You have to acknowledge that those guys are there. And with being as bad as you were right now, you I think you're hoping that people don't know that there's another soccer team in, in Los Angeles. Does that, Ronald, what do you think about the LA Galaxy in there? Yeah. I mean, I personally have a lot of friends who are so upset at this whole season that um, they they're, they actually bought season tickets and to put their deposit and everything into LAFC because they say, you know what, this team doesn't really seem to show that they care about their own fans. They don't change. They don't really respond to them directly. So, you know, I'm not going to waste my time if they're not going to talk to me. So, I mean, I'm sticking with them, but, you know, I'm just sitting here watching everything and it's just crazy to see how it's going. Go ahead, Larry. I just, I think that goes back to something that I think you, you pointed out, other people have pointed out, it's the Galaxy's arrogance yeah you know we're the galaxy um you know things are going to be fine we're the galaxy don't worry about us and i think they got a real a real good slap in the face this yeah. this season oh, oh they they got they got punched across the jaw awesome yeah. ronald anything else uh, no, that's it. Thank Great you. Great question. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Ronald. We appreciate it. All right, Ronald, call in. If you want to call in as well, I, you know, I know that some people have the number memorized, and you know that's good. Um, but please get in on this nine four nine seven three four four two one seven. I say this. It's slow. No, it's it's okay. It's on. Oh, okay. It's on the screen. Okay. I put it up. I'm, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to people. Um, okay. I will say this. LAFC doesn't have a team. 
they haven't played one game. Uh, so I ran into LAFC's, uh, what is it? Is it general manager? General yeah, manager. General manager, John Thorrington. I had never met him before. I ran into him someplace. Said, he, knew who, he knew who you were, oh, right? Of course he did. Oh, my. Oh, how, no, he had no idea, but that's fine. He knows now, and he remembered my name. He's, he seems like a nice that's enough guy. Good. I ran into him. Somebody asked him how it was going. I was just talking with some other people, and somebody asked uh, John Thorrington how it was going, and he goes, you know, we're still undefeated. And, you know, it's a joke. It's a joke, but it's totally true because when you have an LA Galaxy team that is totally defeated, right, it's very easy for you to sit there and say, well, we're undefeated. My sister went to school at George Washington University in Washington, D.C., all right? Uh, they don't have a football team. They have shirts that you can buy in, in, the, uh, in the student union there that says George Washington GW football team undefeated. That's sort of the it's, – it's, and it's funny because then, you know, you're, you're laughing. But in this particular case, it's true. It is true. And diehard Galaxy fans aren't going anywhere. I get that. I'm not, I'm not saying that they ever would, and I wouldn't uh, accuse people of you know, going the other direction or jumping ship. That's not happening. But what is happening is the battle for the casual fan and for the understanding of who has been in Los Angeles. I'll tell you right now that if you went to the casual fan and you're going to go to them in 2018, they're going to know that LAFC joined, and some of them won't know the LA Galaxy even exist. All right? Sure. I mean, I think... It's part of the attraction being a new franchise, a new team, just something new to root for. And, uh, you know, after a season in which the Galaxy won a glorious 18-8, and eight, who could blame them? <laughs> who could blame them for, you know, trying trying something else? Yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. 8-18-8. Um, eight, eight. I still can't get over that. Symmetrical. Just saying. I know. Nice round numbers. That's, I know. It makes me, makes me, it's the only way I can remember yep, it. Yep, so. yep, yep. Uh, let's go to LA Galaxy Insider talk to uh, Chris Klein. There's some quotes in here I want to get. Uh, Chris Klein says, We always knew when we made the quick transition that all this job is a lot, and there's a lot that goes into the Galaxy, not just the first team roster. When we brought Siggy in, there was an understanding that he knows how to build teams in our league and knows what it takes. So bringing in that expertise, we were always going to defer to that. Our focus needs to be on getting things right and making the right decisions and building our roster so that we have the opportunity to do that. If our focus is on being excellent, then I believe that we'll get to where we need to go. Going through that process with someone that has done that, not at just one place, but everywhere he's gone gives us a tremendous amount of confidence going forward. Uh, Chris Klein also said about Siggy Schmidt now having full control. He says... Um, the, basically, he says he has full control over player and staffing decisions during an offseason where plenty of movement is expected on both sides. Uh, and Pete Vianis will return to the vice president of the soccer operations role that he held during the 2016 season. Uh, Pete still has, this is Chris saying this, Pete still has a big role going forward helping the soccer operations from the academy to Galaxy 2 areas and areas of the first team. The club needs a lot of people, and Pete has been very good at that role in the past, and he'll continue to play a big role in that going forward. Yes. You know, my question with all, the, all these reassignments even though things stay the stay the same if the galaxy have another subpar season another losing season maybe not to the same degree as, as this one if they have another season to forget how many heads will roll <sighs> i don't think they'll be reassigned again I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> how honestly, many heads would roll if I'm, they if they fall flat again i'm honestly shocked that dan beckerman didn't get involved uh, he has with the LA King, Kings, uh, firing uh, uh, Dean Lombardi and Daryl Sutter, right? Daryl Sutter, I'm right. not a huge hockey fan. Right. That was a good pull for me. So, very good, very yeah. good. Uh, only because Kevin said it 13 times, and I eventually remembered it. Right. Um, so he went in there, and these are guys who were well-respected throughout the league. I mean, you know, very well-respected. They won two uh, Stanley Cup titles. So so you go in there and you do that. Yeah. 
I'm going to give Dan the benefit of the doubt for one reason, and I'll tell you my non-benefit of the doubt take as well. But the benefit of the doubt is... Non-benefit of the doubt Yeah, yeah, take. I know, okay. I know. Um, is that he's allowing these guys to try to fix the situation that they got into. A okay. little latitude, okay. A little latitude. Hey, I'm sure they had a talk. I'm sure they sat down. I'm sure he said, naughty, naughty, be better. Um <laughs> Perhaps a little bit more colorful language than naughty, naughty. I, th- I, think, that, I think I hit it on the head, actually. Yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, you look at that and you see what, what, what he could possibly do. He could still go to them, which I expected him to do. I expected him to come in there and fire everybody. I expected him to fire Chris Klein. I expected him to fire Pete Vianus. Chris Klein is not going to fire himself. I'm telling you that right now. I don't think that's happening. Um, but I could see him also giving him a second chance, just like you alluded to. I could see that. Although, do, would I agree with that? Probably not. It's tough. It's it tough. Is. You can't. It's not like the galaxy did okay. Yeah. All right. They didn't. And here's the other they thing. They didn't. No. Here's the other thing. Even with Siggy Schmidt, I know there's lots of people who put faith in Siggy. That's fine. You can. Uh, he certainly has a track record of doing so. He's the all-time winningest coach in Major League Soccer. His assistant coach, Dominic Kinnear, who is coming back next year, and basically everybody said that so far. That's good. We'll see until there's a coaching option open somewhere. But he's coming back, is the third winningest coach in all-time history. And who's second? Bruce, Bruce Arena. Arena. Right. So, I mean, you, you have it. Here is the criticism of Siggy Schmidt and Dominic Kinnear, that they are very much MLS 1.0. They're old-school thinkers. They're more defensive than they are offensive. They'd rather sit back and bunker a lot like people used to complain about Bruce Arena. All right, And if you look at Siggy Schmidt, he certainly sat back and bunkered whenever he got the LA Galaxy. Except that bunker had a... Um, big hole in it. Big hole in it this year, boy, I'll tell you. Two, eight, and four. <laughs> Siggy Schmidt is two, eight, and four with the LA Galaxy. I'll tell you another great stat. This is one of my favorite stats. In his last 34 games, we all know an MLS season is 34 games. He played, he coached 20 games with Seattle before he got fired. All right. And he coached 14 games with the LA Galaxy. That's 34 games. With Seattle, he was 20 points in 20 games. All right. If you add the 10 points that he got with the LA Galaxy, that gives him 30 points in 34 games. If you do that by a goal, by uh, points per game average, he finishes below what the LA Galaxy finished this year. Okay. Just just giving you a heads up on that. Well done. Well done, Siggy. Yeah. I was good. I mean, it's a serious concern. Now, it is. Was Siggy. Has he? I mean, has he. Lost it? Has he lost it? Yes. Don't know. Certainly, it's, hard, it's hard to tell. There's it cert- really is. You can say that the situation in Seattle whenever he left was not a good situation. Correct. By the way, the LA Galaxy finished, and we've talked about this, with a minus 22 goal differential. All right? Uh, which is, what What did we say? Was it the worst in the league? I'm going to have to look no, it up. No, it was uh, second, second worst, Minnesota right? had the worst, then the Galaxy, and then San Jose. Yeah, goals. it was goals against. That's what it goals was. Goals against. Yeah, yes. So and and you're right. Goals against. And Minnesota United did have the worst um, goal. By three. Yeah, by, by, by one. By, by one? Yeah, by one. So, oh, goal, oh yeah. goal differential. Yeah, yeah, okay. goal differential, and then goals, it was three. three so yeah. uh, San Jose Earthquakes gave up 60 goals and had a minus 21 goal differential. LA Galaxy gave up 67 goals, new franchise record, um, 67 goals and had a minus 22 record. And Minnesota United, an expansion team that didn't exist in MLS form last year, who finished above the LA Galaxy this year, allowed 70 goals and a minus 23 goal differential. That's right. more than two goals per game. DC United? Minus twenty nine. There you go. Minus twenty nine. And they scored six. And they only they they actually allowed seven goals less than the LA Galaxy to show how bad their offense was this year. <laughs> so yeah, minus twenty nine. That was that's special. We for thought DC. the Galaxy's offense was bad. Again, here's here's one. You know the San Jose Earthquakes made it to the playoffs. They had a minus twenty one goal differential. I mean that's that's crazy. Um, even the Colorado. If you look at DC United, they had a minus twenty nine. They finished above the LA Galaxy. Just remember that. 
Incredible. They technically tied with them, but they finished above <laughs> them in the league. But anyway. Yeah, but who's being picky? Of those 22 goals, of the 22 goal differential, Siggy has 18 of those goals on his. Now, he was... Wow. He, I, listen, I firmly believe that Siggy was always focused on next year. I figured, I, I think he looked at this team, and you have to remember, Larry, he was around for a very long time. He got fired by Seattle. He wasn't doing anything. He could be seen at almost every LA Galaxy game this year. He was at LA Galaxy 2 games. I mean, I know we've heard the official story is that it all happened very quickly, right? But I don't believe that. Just in my head, I don't, either. I don't, I don't believe either. that. I think that Siggy had his sights on this job. It's his hometown. It's where he wanted to be. He knew Cardinalfo was struggling with the team. He knew the team was struggling, period. And I think he went in there and over a period of time eventually worked his way into the job role. All right? And so, hey, he's a, he's a coach. He wants to coach a team. I get it. It makes some sense. And he, then he negotiated to have that player control. Again, makes sense. You, you can see it. I mean, I think Siggy will do much better than what they had this year you can't do much worse that's what <laughs> i know people say that i caution everybody against that you absolutely can have a year i saw the 30 like you know the la galaxy i think are 32nd or 33rd oh for in in league history for the worst team record this year right so they finish if you look at league history they are the 33rd worst team or 32nd worst team in league history there are a lot of teams that are underneath the LA Galaxy, and I've seen bad seasons. And I think like the 2013 DC United team was one of them. That was oh yeah! Horrible. Oh my goodness! Won the US Open Cup that year, but nonetheless was horrible. Um, the Metro Stars were horrible. Uh, the Tampa Bay Mutiny were horrible. I mean, these are really bad teams. But and even them, they're like twice as bad as the LA Galaxy were this year. So you can be worse. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the LA Galaxy could improve. But again, if you're bringing in 15 players. Siggy already said that even in training camp that they're having right now, whenever they come back, that there will be some trialists at those. So he's already going to start scouting and working that that particular area. But I'm who's who's not attached to to teams. I mean, maybe some other MLS players, I guess. You know, maybe some NASL, maybe some USL guys. Guys um, from South America, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe. Although I would imagine they're still in season. I mean, most people are in season yeah. right now, so that might be some guys out of contract. It's but, amazing where they can find players nowadays. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's that's what I think that Siggy's going to have more leash than Kurt Anolfo did. Uh, one because he's a lot because of his track record. Because of his track record, and two, they're they switch the rules for him, right? I mean, he's going to get a longer chance. It's going to be he's going to get to decide who he brings in and who he plays. It's going to be easy to either give him credit or fault him, but at the same time, because of his track record, they're going to let him go. Well, let's hope the front office lives up to that. I, I think it's going to be a test. It's going to be a test. If things don't go well early on, it's going to be a real test to see what they do. It's just, it's very interesting. Everybody in the same roles. And but, I said, I, yeah. But myself, I hope, they give, I hope they give him a chance. I really do. Because of his track record, because of what he has done with Seattle, with Columbus, with the Galaxy. He has a he has a track record of turning teams into championship contending teams. Yeah, he does, and and he should get he give should, him a chance. He should, he should get that. And I think again, if I told you, Larry, you had to make this. This is either a positive move or a negative new move. I'm going to tell you, it's positive. It is positive because yes. because it was so negative of what happened last year. Yes. You you can't not have a positive. Um, so that's that's where we sit. But again, Pete Vinas was in 2015 was the academy director. Uh, okay, so 2016, he becomes the vice president of the soccer operations. Okay. Okay. 
Um, and then he's the general manager, and now he's back. Not to okay. Now he's not. Now he's back to to soccer VP. He's still gonna be doing GM things. One of the GM things. I don't know if I said it earlier. One of the GM things you have to do, you get to sort of argue over the schedule, which I always thought was interesting. Bruce was really good at it, by the way. But he would argue over the schedule. You look at the string of games the LA Galaxy played towards the end of this year, where it was back to back to back, midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek, over and over and over again. Didn't they have one period where they played like four matches in like eleven days? Yeah, it was it was, it was super condensed. Ridiculous. It's the GM's job to make that go away, to figure out a way to move those games and then make sure that everybody's happy about it and that you could do it. And the way, as you maneuver and massage that schedule, right, you can look at it and you can say, hey, okay, good. This is this is better for us. This is how it goes. Bruce Serena was great at that. He used to switch games all the time and you'd look at him and go, oh, this is great. Well, the person who was in charge of that this year was Pete Vianis as the general manager. I would imagine that being Siggy has only been given the player personnel roles that it's probably going to be Pete's job again to manage the schedule. Well, I'm sure what's making the schedule even harder now is the presence of the Chargers at StubHub Center. That's got to make things really difficult. You looked at the field. You saw it. Did you think that they did a good job with the field? I did. I, I thought it looked, it looked better than what I thought it would be. My great fear was that, was that the Chargers would be playing on like a Sunday and it was raining all weekend long and the field would be torn to shreds and the Galaxy would play the following Wednesday. But it never happened, thank goodness. And the field, remarkably, was in good shape. I was very surprised. Yeah. Very surprised. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this. I talked to some players, and they said the field's in worse condition than, than people think <laughs> it is. Yeah, they, they said... Uh, because of the NFL, more than likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and that's what I said. I go, you think and it was... They good. don't use little plastic cleats. They use those big suckers. Yeah, I... Um, a lot of them do. One a, a player had this large raspberry on his leg, and I went up and said, Ouch. how did you get that? And then this player said, sliding near the end line, right? And it's like, oh, okay. And Ouch. so, you know, and I've had other players come up and tell me, hey, you know, the field is, is chopped up a little bit. So it mm -hmm. is. It is affecting things. It's not horrible. It lo still looks pretty... Excuse me, it still looks pretty good. It's amazing what green dye can do. It, there is. Everybody noticed it on the uh, on the players' jerseys, right? You can see it. You see the green, and that's sometimes that's fertilizer. Most of the time, it's not. It's green dye. Most of the time it's, it's not. Yeah, yeah, we did it. You know that. You play. <laughs> you play golf. You you know. That's you, right. That's, that's what they say. Um, anyway, so so that's what we have right now. <clears throat> I will say this, and this I, I'll give uh, Larry. I'll give you a, like sort of a final talking point on these on the Pete Vianis Siggy Schmidt thing, and I'll I'll give mine. Actually, you go first. Give me. Uh, you know, your final thought just on this particular move, if it has done anything. Frankly, no. Um, it's it's change for the sake of no change. I mean, if you're going to get rid of, if you're going to remove a guy's general manager, you get rid of him. I mean, sorry, see you later, you know, uh, you know, go to the unemployment line, collect unemployment. You don't reassign him someplace else in the front office or especially to do the job he used to have. I mean... You know, I've said it before, you, you don't want a disgruntled employee working for you. On your, I mean, it just, it, it just defies logic to me. It, it's, uh, and I'll, I'll sort of continue off that, is that it's, it's scary to me that people were able to, to be rewarded almost for mediocrity. Because if you're not, yes, if, if, you, I agree. if you fail as hard as the galaxy failed, y y there should be some consequences. You take blame. I mean, yeah, you take the blame. Chris Klein says that we're being accountable, and I would disagree. That's not accountable. No, that's not. It's like, hey, yeah, I'm being accountable. I mean, I've done, I mean, nothing. There's no accountability here. Yeah. You know, somebody would say again that, oh, well, he got removed from the general manager, and that was, Larry, you said it, it was probably his dream job. Um, he told us that in the at the press conference, which announced his hiring. He told me that. It's, you know, it's, it, was, it was his dream job. 
so you can understand that, you know, he. I'm sure he wanted to do a good job. Here's the thing. I don't like talking about this stuff. I don't like talking about people's jobs because well, who am I? All right. I, I played JV soccer in high school. All right. I was better at baseball. Um, I was, I was, I was better at baseball. Not good enough. To you actually, had some pretty well-known teammates too in baseball, right? No, no, uh, no. Like who? Who do you think? In high school, didn't you have a? No, I don't think so. Or, no, or, you, or so. you, or you played against maybe some guys who were in the pros now. I, ha- I'm sure I did. There were yeah. a couple. I can't remember okay. any any names, but yeah, there were some. I'm old okay. now. Some of those guys are probably getting ready to retire. You're old. Yeah. Hey, come on. I watched Dustin. You're half my age. I watched Dustin Pedroia play at Arizona State, where I went to school. So I mean, there okay. was there were some guys there. Okay. You know. Um. But anyway, no. I mean, but that's so. Who am I to tell these guys whether or not they're doing their job? Well, I'll tell you who I am now. I've been watching and following and covering the LA Galaxy since 2009. All right. I've watched a ton of games. I watched. A ton of soccer. I played soccer. I understood soccer. I coached soccer whenever I was younger. I, I get it. I and under- you know bad soccer from good soccer. I can definitely tell you that <laughs> yes. stuff. And I'll be the first to admit that I don't know everything. I would. Lo- I love talking to players like one-on-one when we can talk tactics because they help me see so much more of the game. I don't see it all. I can tell a good player from a bad player. I can tell a good team from a bad team. I can tell whenever a team was constructed poorly. And I can certainly, by talking to people, understand their perspectives on all of this. So I can do all that, and if I can sit there and do that, so can everybody else. And I think everybody looked at this team. They did the eye test. You look at the stats. There's nothing on this team that justifies anybody keeping their job, and that's the problem. All right? So that's where I sit. And if that means that whenever I see Pete Viennes and he gets mad because I said that he should be fired, well, then unlike some people on the Internet who get to be anonymous about it, I actually get to stand there in front of Pete and say, yeah, I said it. I said, I believe it, and then I'll tell you why. And here's why I believe it. Let's go through all these things. And then I get to listen. So, I mean, you know, hey, it's a dangerous it's a dangerous game sometimes for us, Larry. You go and you say these things. These, these don't go without consequences. And I'll tell you right now that this podcast and the site do get read and listened to by players, by coaches, by front office staff. I'm not saying all the time. We're not a must-listen. That's that. I don't think they care all that much, but there's accountability for us. Yeah, and you know, my question about this year is, why did the Galaxy have to leave us with so much food for thought? Why did they have to do it? Well, well okay, so go even go to this. Is this the most important offseason? This upcoming offseason is the I most think it important is. one I think it is. ever in Galaxy history. I think it is, especially after the season that they just endured. I think it's even more important than, than the offseason following the 2008 season when Bruce Arena had taken over. He was, he was approaching his first full season on, on, on the job. I happen to think it is because they have to, they have to win some fans back. They have to win the team's confidence back. They have to win their, I don't know, stature back. I mean, it, it took, I mean, it, it, this team suffered a serious series of knockdowns yeah. this season. I mean, I just, you know, I might be, I might be in a minority, but I think it's, it's the most important offseason in the team's history, especially what it faces. I think it is now. I, I think it is now. I don't think it should have been. No. All right. The, the most no. important one for me was last year, when you could have, when you needed to transition away from Bruce Arena, when you needed to find a a good solid foothold on the city of Los Angeles with because a certain team coming with, in. With no, well, I'll, I actually say their name yeah. with LAFC coming in. Yes, you had to do it. You had sure. to show that you were still the big boss. Now and they failed miserably. And and it's again we talked about the arrogance. It's we're the LA Galaxy. Right, the inexperience with how to put a team together, and the fact that they couldn't even approach approximate it, and their inexperience with dealing with this level of adversity. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, it's massive amounts. Now, I'm not yeah. saying the galaxy haven't been poor in the past. You look at 2006, 2007, 2008. Those 2007, 2008 were bad years. Really bad years. Landon Donovan said that 2018 was the worst team in the MLS. And he told me that. And the, the 2008 LA Galaxy team would kick the 2017's <laughs> butt. It wouldn't even be close. But I wouldn't want to watch that game. I'm sorry. I would not want to watch it. <laughs> I would. It would be I a, wouldn't. I think, I think it might be interesting. Okay. You, you, you go to the game. You tell me what happened. I'll write a game report on it. No problem. Write a game report. No, but I mean, now you look at it. You talked about that one. I, I would say this last offseason, it was it should have been the most important. They had so much on it. Now There's it is a real the good season. argument for that, yes. Now it is. is the season. But now you know what they do? They actually start like... They could have started it above LAFC, right? They could have been above. Hey, hi, we're still the LA Galaxy. We got Bruce Arena's not here anymore, but we got rid of some of those guys, and you know, but we're still really good. We There's that have, arrogance again. Again, it, that's what they could have been, and they should have been able to yeah. be arrogant. You yes. can be arrogant when you're good, yes, or you can't whenever you're bad. And they were bad, and now they start not on a level level playing field with LAFC. They start below LAFC, which is ridiculous. So when you look at that and how important this offseason is, yeah, it's obviously the most important one in league history. And I said, I think on the last show, I said, if you don't think the LA Galaxy could eventually go the way of the Columbus crew, which is, I know, everybody goes, no, that would never happen. I'm like, oh, really? You don't think that would happen, huh? <laughs> I'm like, go ahead. Let LAFC go ahead and ramp up and, ha and take over the city. Make LA Galaxy turn into the other team that plays in Los Angeles. Do you want to be the Clippers? You want to be Chivas USA? You could do that right now because right now Chivas USA would probably play better than the Galaxy played this year. Yeah, and, and speaking of LAFC, what's hard to uh, believe or hard to digest is that they haven't played a game yet. Nope. They have a coach and maybe two players. Yep. They don't have an office building yet as far as I know. Maybe they do, I don't know, or permanent office building. And and above all, they don't even have a stadium yet. Not yet. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming, and it's going to be gorgeous. Yeah, it's an MLS 3.0, 3.5. I mean, we always, I like how we have to give these numbers, but it's going to be the next best thing. And 22,000 seats. Guess what? If the Galaxy had 22,000 seats, great. It would be easy. They'd have sellouts all the time. It's going to look great. They are going to have a lower average attendance than the LA Galaxy will have next year, probably. If everything goes the way it should go, they will have a lower average and everybody will see them as a giant success because every game will be sold out. If the LA Galaxy had 22,000 seats, they would also have that ability, but they don't. And their stadium is really MLS 1.5, 1.2. It wasn't Columbus Crew, but it was the first modern but, but it has it has great sight lines. It it's really great. does. You have to admit, great sight lines everywhere. Not a bad seat in the house. It's a very very good stadium. All right. It but is. remember, like five years ago or even four years ago, people were talking about, oh, of course I'm going to come to the LA Galaxy. They have the best facilities in the world. Well, they don't anymore. No. Atlanta United has a better facilities than than the LA Galaxy do. I mean, there are other places that have better facilities, and that's just by the way, that's just how things go. Eventually, the LA Galaxy are going to have to figure out whether or not they want to go downtown, which is really interesting. Could Los Angeles support two downtown soccer stadiums? Well, it uh, it supports two downtown uh, NBA teams, so... Why not, right? Why not? Could you imagine uh, in Ooh. the United States, two soccer-specific stadiums in downtown Los Angeles? How about that? Major, it, it could happen. There are going to be two NFL teams in downtown. I mean, Well, not a, really downtown. Well, yeah, it's, at a ridiculously overpriced stadium. I can just imagine <laughs> how much tickets and parking are going to be there. Oh, 
without something else. All right, let's get to uh, the LA Galaxy team awards before we sort of fill it. I know we, okay. I feel like we've jumped around a little bit, but I also feel like we've we had some some things we needed to talk about. So I think we got it. Uh, LA Galaxy team awards. Last time Larry was on, we actually got to pick these, which is cool. And, and, and we were pretty much right on. Well, yeah, and nobody's surprised. I actually um, a little behind the scenes there is that I'm not sure. I was I was never going to be told if this was the case, but I'll tell you that up until a certain point, there was no votes against either of these two players. So it could be unanimous. I would imagine it is. And if it wasn't, to be. you would tear up those ballots. Like, who, who are those people who are voting? Unless uh, the players voted for themselves and stuffed them in the ballot box <laughs> or something. LA Galaxy Player of the Year uh, was Roman Alessandrini. Uh, no surprise. He also no wins the Golden uh, Boot just because no of his surprise. 13 goals he led I mean, the team. who else could you consider for the Player of the Year? Who else? Ashley, Ashley Cole. Cole, maybe. Yeah, maybe. That was it. But yeah. it was the second. That's probably the only one. I thought about it for a little while. I'm like, hmm, could I? And then I said, no, I no, can't. No, I, I couldn't either. I voted for Roman. LA Galaxy. He had a hell of a year when you think about it. He really did. He did. He was great. Um, LA Galaxy Defender of the Year, Ashley Cole. No surprise there. No surprise. LA Galaxy Humanitarian of the Year, Rafa, Rafa Garcia, who's a great guy. Good guy. We Good really, depth guy. Yep. Is he a starter? Mm, probably not. Maybe not. Um, they gave him all the way down. We didn't vote for the rest of these, by the way. Uh, and we don't vote on Humanitarian, by the way. You don't no. vote on Humanitarian the year or Golden Boot. Those are ones that are... No. Golden Boot is because of how many goals you score. And Humanitarian, I think, is given by the foundation of, of some of the so. guys who, who help it out. Good for him. LA Galaxy 2 uh, Player of the Year is uh, Adrian Vera. Uh, let's see. Defender of the Year, Eric Lopez for LA Galaxy 2. Humanitarian of the Year was Josh Turnley, Defender. Uh, Golden Boot who I, who was Justin ex- Dillon. Yeah. You know, speaking of Josh Turnley, I expect him to get a shot with the first team next season. I saw him play a couple times at Galaxy 2. He's a very talented player, former former top draft pick from Georgetown, I believe. Yeah, I think, I so. think he might get a shot. He, he might. It would be interesting. Uh, player of the year for the LA Galaxy Academy was Jorge Hernandez, the forward. Jorge. Jorge. And one award they did not announce mercifully was goalkeeper of the year. How could they do it? I mean, come on. I was going to say, I have a list of, uh, of Galaxy uh, Players of the Year. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Was it, did they ever have one? No. They didn't. Defensive Player of the Year in 1996 was Jorge Campos. That okay. was that was the, the goalkeeper. The man with the pink jersey. Yep. I'm trying to see if there were other. Uh, I'm sure there had Not to Donovan been Ricketts, huh? I'm surprised he didn't win it. I don't. He did. He won it in 2009. Thank okay, you. His there rookie you go. year. Yep. yep. Yeah. In fact, I wrote in my preseason preview this year. Or that year, I said, if Ricketts is good, the Galaxy could be very good. Yeah, and, he, and, and they and reached they the final. Yeah, they were. He was tremendous. Here are the LA Galaxy players of the year going back to uh, 2006, just to give everybody a reminder. On that list, in your opinion, who's the most surprising player of the year? Is the one that stands out? It's just like, okay, so uh, Eduardo Hurtado in 96, Mauricio okay. Cienfuegos in 97, Kobe Jones was 98, Kevin Hartman in 99. There you go. So a goalkeeper okay, did goalkeeper. win player okay. of the year. Okay, okay. Uh, 2000 was Simon Elliott. Uh, 2001 was Ezra Hendrickson. 2002, Carlos Ruiz. Boy, could they use en- Ezra Hendrickson in this team? Yep. Wow. 2003 and 2004, Kevin Hartman again. Okay. Um, Hercules Gomez, 2005. Landon Donovan, 2006. 2007, Chris Klein. 2008, Landon Donovan. 2009, Landon Donovan. 2010, Edson Buttle. 2011, Landon Donovan. <laughs> 2012. Landon through, Donovan. 2012 through 2015, Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane. Yeah, and then 2016, Giovanni Dos Santos, who who stole the award sure from Yellow Van Damme. Sure did. Yeah, that wasn't even a close. Who's the most surprising on that? I'm sure there are some guys that were that were players of the year in the earlier years that I didn't get to Probably watch Probably Dos play. Santos, I would think. <sighs> or the recent list, maybe. Uh, yeah, at least on the recent list, I will say okay. absolutely. I don't okay. know. Chris Klein in 2007. 
Maybe he was he was a pretty him. good player. Yeah, he was. He was. So so that, but yeah, I mean Giovanni dos Santos, he was good that year. But let's remember he scored a lot of goals in games that were already decided. <laughs> uh and this year, six goals and only three of those from the run of play. Woohoo. Well done, Giovanni. Uh, uh, yeah, and five point five million dollars. I mean, there's still some and there's Well people, done, Giovanni. There's people <laughs> hey, you gotta tip the cap if you can get paid <laughs> That's that much. Right. Um I think there's a lot of people who are still, you know, sort of questioning who's coming back, who's and all that thing. I think we're going to start finding some of that out. Um, it, it's going to happen rapidly. There's there isn't a bunch of time. I'll tell you right now. December 12th is the expansion draft. That's when LAFC comes in. Tw- uh, December 13th is the waiver draft. Uh, One twelve, January 12th, 2018 to January 17th of 2018, MLS Combine. Where's it going to be held? Down uh, in Florida again? That is always in Fort Lauderdale, I believe. Okay. Yeah, so it's in Florida. I remember um, one year they had it at uh, StubHub. They did. They did. I don't. I don't think it's gonna happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, one nineteen, January nineteenth is the MLS draft. Uh, the MLS Super Draft and the Galaxy do have a first round pick. Uh, so and they will pick second. By the way, they'll pick right behind LAFC, who gets the first pick <laughs> in the draft, which will be interesting. Yep. Uh, maybe they trade it. Who knows? Would I don't the know. Galaxy trade up? Would they trade with LAFC? Would they trade up? The, if there's somebody I, who stands out as number one overall, I, maybe, it's hard to tell. Why would you? Yeah. It's the draft. I'll be honest yeah. with you. You're not. I, I really feel like you're not going to get the. You know, maybe you do. I was going to say you're not going to get a super impact in the top five. You can probably find an impact player. And being the Galaxy you're picking, too, I would imagine that they could. I don't know if it's going to be yeah. a defender. You know, we really have to see MLS Combine and how that goes. Yeah, if there's a striker who's out there who really shows some real potential, he could be a real target for the Galaxy. Huh, a target? Maybe. A target striker, perhaps? A target striker. And what do you know? Um, Jossie Zardes would like that. Yeah, there are a bunch of positions the LA Galaxies need to find But I think the Galaxy is going to look overseas for target striker. It'll be interesting to see it, what how what mechanisms they go to try to do these things. They have three designated yeah. players. Target striker, goalkeeper, center back, center back, left, right back. Right back. That's that's probably it. That's the starters. Yeah. Those are the for starters. starters. That you yeah, for starters. Um you have four players that you need to find to fit into the starting lineup, which is crazy. Yep. Uh goalkeeper is, is super huge and important. I, I don't think anybody's happy with it. We've already known. Siggy's not happy with the goalkeepers. Uh, I've been told by people in the front office that nobody was happy this season. Would they so. try to bring back Jaime Pinedo? I would say yes, actually. I do think that that is a realistic option. I would inquire option. as to his interest in it. I would, because he was very impressive in his short time with the Galaxy. He was very impressive. He was. I will tell you this, that if the Galaxy... He never gave up on a play. That's always what I liked about him. The Galaxy never gave up. don't get better in the midfield um, and in on the defensive line, then I think uh, they're going to have problems. I, a defensive player, a, a defensive midfielder... A hard-nosed player. Uh, somebody with some physicality yes. to him. You need yes. somebody in there. Yes, I, I agree. I Did agree. you know Pete... A hard-nosed, a hard-nosed player along the lines of a Nigel DeYoung, somebody did, like that. Did you know Pete Viennis almost got traded for Kyle Beckerman back in uh, LA, Gal- LA Galaxy days? Whenever did not he know was that. So the LA Galaxy could have had Kyle Beckerman, uh, but instead they kept Pete Viennis. Wow. Just saying. Things, just You want to talk about something that could have changed the course of so many things, Larry? Wow. I think that was in 2008. Uh, I wonder who offered the trade. Was it Real Salt Lake or was it the Galaxy? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember the exact specifics. Uh, but the general manager or the president was it the president at the time or general general manager was Alexi Lalas. So that's that's where that all goes back to. That was a bad year. Two thousand eight was not good. It was either two thousand seven, two thousand eight, somewhere in there. Two thousand maybe wow. two thousand six. Galaxy could have had Kyle Beckerman. I mean, hey, just saying, <sighs> just saying. What lots of lots of crazy things happen. All right, as you said, imagine how the fortunes might have changed for this team with Kyle Beckerman. Would have been interesting. Uh, yeah, lots of things. Well, I mean, look at the Sasha Kleshen deal that almost happened that didn't happen. Bruce wanted him bad. And he tried to get him 
two or three times, and the league just it just wouldn't happen. The league said no, no, no. FC Dallas is the team who you can blame yep, for that. They sneaked right in and stole him. They sure did. Well, they basically said they were going to take him, which meant that he wasn't coming, and so then he didn't come, and then eventually New York uh, ends up getting him, and you know that's that was the next season even. Um, so yeah, really interesting. I mean, you look at the players they almost had. You didn't have. The, I mean, whole stories and books can be written about things going the right direction. Uh, I will. I will make it a, a, a an observation and a guess for next year. I will say that the LA Galaxy will not be as injured as they were this year, <laughs> because that I feel like is impossible. That that they've had so many injuries this year. They did have a slew of injuries. So so freak injuries too. Uh, real quick, corner of the galaxy news. Uh, we're continuing our podcast, so we're going to stay in the off offseason. Uh, Kevin will be back on Monday night as we record, and then we will have another show, a live show on Thursday. If you go to cornerofthegalaxy.com forward slash live or click on the live banner there, you can go down and you can see all of our show schedule and when we think we're going to do it. Granted, it's not written in stone. Sometimes things come up and we can't do it, but our schedule is there. Other Corner of the Galaxy news. In fact, this is the best news that I can offer everybody right now. Uh, one is that this podcast is almost over, so you don't have to listen for too much longer. <laughs> and then two is that Larry Morgan has decided to uh, to join us as a writer on Corner of the Galaxy. So in the 2018 season, Larry and I will be covering the Galaxy from the box. And I think if everything goes well, Larry, you will be out at training maybe once a week. But I will not wear a sport coat to games. I told you that before. No tie, no sport coat. No, sir. I will not. Larry, how long have you been covering soccer? Since 1979, LAI Techs was my first team with Johan Cruyff and Renus Mikkels. So, so Larry's been doing this for a while. Long um, time. Larry's a, Larry's a great... And I, by the way, if my writing sounds any better as you're reading it, it's because Larry's been editing it and, and making After it After several reads. You should, it's tough. He has to like... <laughs> no, he, no, actually, Josh, you have improved a great deal. He circles words like, what is this? It's supposed to be the, T-H-E. You're supposed to put it right there. It's, an, it's, it's apostrophe, yes, no. But, but Josh, I'm serious. Your writing has improved a great deal. It uh, really has. It's because of your mentorship. But Larry's going to do this. This is this is big, and I'll tell you why I think this is big. Uh, we have prided ourselves on being independent here and doing stuff that other people can't do. And Larry is now going to put us in a position to be able to cover training like maybe nobody else has before. Um, and so we will do that. And if Larry ends up writing a notebook once a week on uh, on some of the elegant... There's always stuff going on, like either a feature and or a notebook, that's fine. Just I'll be down there maybe once a week at least, maybe once or twice, I don't know. So It'd be nice to write again. It, that's what I said. And so Larry has carte blanche basically to do that. So we're, we're glad that he could join us here at Corner of the Galaxy. Uh, behind the scenes stuff is after the games, Larry and I go to a table and then we sit across from each other and we write and then we yell back and forth at each other because we both have headphones in. Without expletives. Yeah, without expletives, of course. And we say, wait, what did that guy say? And then <laughs> it's like, wait, did you hear, go back to this and translate, what did Ashley Cole say? Because my, you know, my hearing is so bad. I've lost so much of my hearing over the years from loud sporting events, rock concerts, you, you name it. But, and I often have to ask Josh to listen to a recording I so I can understand. But at the same time, some of these accents are pretty thick. They they can be. They can and be. it's kind of tough to understand. When, when you're actually interviewing you can you can see the person, yep. you can understand what he says when you when you go back and listen to it. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. It, it's always fun. But anyway, so we're we're very glad to welcome uh, Larry to the Corner of the Galaxy family and I'm sure that means that he will fill in on the podcast as well whenever I can convince him to go to Five Guys. That's really all it takes. I go, "Larry, do you want to go to Five Guys?" And or he's in like, and yep. out burger. Or in and out Yeah, and he's like, "Yep, I'm I'm good. I'll do that." So. Yep, yep. That's how it works. All right, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That's it for right now. Uh, Galaxy news will slow down. I imagine that our shows in the off season will be a little shorter than they normally are. Uh, how yes. much? 
Yes. How much are you looking forward to what happens to this team in the offseason? I am really looking forward to seeing what they do. We talk about this stuff. You, I you, really am looking forward to seeing what they do, how much they do, and will these moves be the right moves? Because they have to be the right moves. They have to be. We talk about this a lot. It's talking about like finding the story. Right, and so you can get excited about the story. The story for the LA Galaxy, whenever they played against Minnesota United, was the Galaxy losing, right, and tying the record for the fewest wins. That was the story, and so you almost look at that and you say, "Wow, it'd be interesting to see what story we would write if that happens." I think it's very interesting to see how we're going to write the story of the offseason, plus how we're going to write a story of this season. I'll be honest with you, every week that I sort of get a little bit removed from the season, I learn more and more information, and the story of the season gets crazier. And the story is going to write itself. Yeah, it's yeah, going to write itself. Yeah, you don't, you're not going to have to do much. It's going to no. be very easy to tell successes and failures yes. with this team. Yes. Because anything approximating what they had this year will be a failure. And even, let's say, the LA Galaxy compete for a playoff spot next year. Let's say they're competing. They're the fifth or sixth in the Western Conference. They're right on the border. Are they seventh? Are they sixth? Are they good? Is that good enough? And the answer should be no. And, and you know, speaking of the playoffs, you have to do a lot. Not to make the playoffs, but you have to do a lot to miss the playoffs. Yes, yeah, you do. <laughs> you really do. You do. San Jose made it with a minus 21 goal differential. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, FYI. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sure Galaxy fans love hearing that. So um, anyway, that's that's where we're at right now. Yeah. So we will have shows in the offseason. Larry's going to help us out with writing. We're going to have lots of coverage of Corner of the Galaxy. That's all our news. We are having some off-season events as well. We will let you know what those are. We have one very special one coming up. Kevin and I just need to nail down the time and the date, and we will get everybody the information. Uh, it will be limited to a select few people. This is going to be a very special night. Um, and bring your own booze. <laughs> no, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe we, not. Maybe true, we, true. We, we went, Open went, bar? Oh boy, I'm uh, there. I'm there. Well, I wouldn't say that. I, <laughs> okay. I, I wouldn't say that. We'll see. But we want to do something, um, and so Kevin and I just need to put the finishing touches on that, and then we're going to get together with all the other Corner of the Galaxy hosts and see if we can meet up with everybody and have some fun. But we're going to do... Will you pose for pictures? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll post some pictures. Okay. Maybe okay. even some video. But it's okay. going to... We want to do something special. So um, we'll see if we can do that. You guys have been amazing. Again, we're not going anywhere. We'll be back next week uh, on Monday. Kevin supposed to uh, call in uh, with the World Series, of course, uh, maybe maybe done, maybe not done, maybe in break, however however it ends up being. Uh, right now, we'll be able to follow that, and, and Kevin will be back, and then obviously all of our co-hosts, Jared and Corey and Britt and Wendy and Larry, uh, we will all be around here for this offseason as much as we can. All right? All right, Larry, anything else? Are you good? No, sir. Again, Josh, thank you for the opportunity. Always enjoy it. Uh, Larry, it's always our pleasure. We appreciate it. All right, if you're looking for Larry, uh, you can't find him anywhere. He's not anywhere. He stalks Twitter. Boy, you like to beat that into the ground, don't you? Every every time. Just <laughs> he's he's not he's not. Uh, that's one of my big goals this offseason. I'm on Gmail, but I'm not going to give you the address. That's it. I, I bet we can figure it out. Let's see if we can figure it out. Um, anyway, so the LA Galaxy. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Larry is not anywhere. You can't find him. If you want to send Larry a message, go to Corner of the Galaxy at Gmail. Send me an email. I'll forward it off to him. Or. Just use the hashtag Larry Morgan not on Twitter on Twitter, and I will, of course, try to search that out. And That's find a pound it. sign. It's not a hashtag. It's, it's a, a hashtag. Sign. It's a hashtag. That's what all you know. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. Of course, at Galaxy Podcast is where you can find all of our show info as well. You can follow me both places. Go to Corner of the Galaxy at cornerofthegalaxy.com for all of our shows, all of our written articles, all of our podcasts. All that stuff can be found right here at cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right, that does it for right now. For Mr. Larry Morgan, I'm Josh Kessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. 
You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye everyone.